0: Thanks for tuning in to Power Athlete Radio featuring the crew, where a former pro football player, a D3 All-Star, and a guy who peaked in high school use strength and conditioning as an excuse to talk about everything but. Now here's John Luke-Tex.
1: and Tex. On. Kick the wheels right before the hammer strikes, make sure the left
0: are on the air ladies and gentlemen oh what are we gonna talk about today guys the weather mm, it's cold yeah
1: yeah it's all these gold bricks that are in the floor just making everything <laughs>
2: nice and chilly here
0: uh how do you how how how, how do how are you today
2: great on the final day of 2020 I'm feeling
0: actually pretty good mm. uh, i'm pretty happy to see this year kind of come to a close i could do it again
2: you can, because you like to suffer and sigh.
0: <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> well, I mean, if you're, if you're like an nice, introvert nice at burn. heart, you just want to be left alone, don't you? <sighs> In the sounds of silence. Is this our meditation
1: episode? Oh, okay. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, no, that was the last episode when we went through meditation.
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, hotline's open. This is, hot. is Luke. This That's, is John. Hi, John. And Tex. Howdy, Tex. And we are... Power Athlete Radio, the premier podcast in strength and conditioning. In. In, in. And the hotline number is 929 464 4640. That's right. 929 nine 4 or 929 ing in. 0. That's right. So leave us a message. We're tapping in the hotline now. We've got a guy who's got a who invested in a very essential piece of mm. equipment for his home gym. Mm. Kind of a surprising investment. The perfect push up. Yes. and did it by a Navy SEAL. So let's go right to the hotline. Spoiler alert, listeners. This is the first time we're hearing this voice. Mm. So shall we? Hopefully there
1: can be all sorts hopefully of profanity. yeah Yeah, hope, You know, not safe for work. Here we go.
3: Hey, guys. I uh, recently bought a reverse hyper for my garage gym, mm-hmm. and I wanted to get your thoughts on uh, what you guys think of it, how you implement it in your programs, or how you recommend it. Uh, so I know John knows Louis Simmons and he recommends, you know, using it before and after squat and deadlift sessions. Um, a lot of people act like it's a cure-all for any kind of back problem you'll ever have. So I know that depends on the issue and everything, but just wanted to get your thoughts on it. Um, you know, how do you guys recommend it or do you recommend it at all? Uh, quick background. I'm 38 years old. Um, just trying to be a fit dad. I got a, Double body weight squat two and a half times, body weight deadlift, body weight press, do a little snatch and clean and jerk, and then try to keep it uh, Met Connie, kind of Johnny Wad stuff. So anyway, just looking to try and implement it and strengthen my back, prevent injuries, stuff like that. So looking forward to hear what you guys have to say. Thanks. Keep it up.
1: Man, my first experience with a reverse hyper was in 1990. Uh Zangus had one in his garage that his good friend, Louis Simmons, had sent him to try out. So mm-hmm. we used to use it pretty religiously. Uh, we did it very, very different than Louie does it. Um, if you watch the videos, they tend to stay in this overarched position. And then as they uh, come up and they'll come into full extension, there's like this arching deal, which has to do a lot with how they, um, the guys at Westside get the bar out of the rack. So as you watch mm-hmm. those guys stand up, what they do is they actually get into position and then they arch and that helps them lift the bar. And then they're in that really overextended position. I do not like that position, mm-hmm. and I don't like that overextended position. What we teach at Power Athlete is really uh, pull your top ab down and more of a neutral position. So when I do the reverse hyper, I maintain that neutral position. Uh, the other thing I do is I don't swing up really high. Mm-hmm. So I come up like imagine if like a good flat board, you're you know like this. I come up just before that point. And as I bring it up, I do my best to try to slow the weight. Yeah, like ISO. Yeah, like ISO slow, and then I try to control the eccentric so it doesn't swing too far. I've watched people be really, really dynamic with this over the years, where they let just concentric. Yeah, like just this big pendulum swinging, and then at the top they arch and they do a lot of you know uh, this kind of dynamic kind of arching motion uh, for you know like kind of a modified flexion and extension. Um, I don't like it. Uh, the way that we were always taught to do it was, you know, go right to, uh, you know, hip extension, right? Like hip extension. Yeah. yeah, Like right to hip extension, just a little under Mm -hmm. keep constant tension and don't ever let it start swinging out of control. And, uh, you know, the one thing that people do is they go really light Mm -hmm. and they get like a ton of motion. We tend to go heavy, man. We got a bunch of hundreds on there and we go heavy and I would rather see somebody not go to full extension and kind of keep and control it. But our big thing is as you get to the top, squeeze your glutes, try to slow it back down. Um, and then really no form of dynamic tension. The other one too, is I don't necessarily do reps. I do time. Mm -hmm. So I'll either do sets of third or I'll do max reps and, 30 seconds, 60 seconds, two minutes, whatever it looks like. I try to do it at least two days a week. Uh, I'll do it uh, after I squat and I'll do it probably um, one other day. I kind of mix it up, Mm -hmm. but I like to hit it at least two days a week. Um, And I'll do somewhere between three and four sets from anywhere from 30 seconds to a minute. Um, It's not a magic panacea that's going to fix all your back injuries. (laughs) Despite what Joe Rogan says. Despite what Joe Rogan says. But it is a really interesting training uh, piece um, where I get a little nervous too, is when I see people let the weight come too far and they get in this kind rounded. of like rounded kind of deal.
0: Well, can and, I pause you real quick? Yeah. For, let's just pretend there's a listener out there who's like, what's a reverse hyper?
1: Hmm. Okay. How do you, so, um, it, okay. So it, it's a, it's a race, piece of equipment. Yeah, right? It's a raised platform. Like imagine a table. And then on the front of the table, there's some handles. And what you do is you slide your belly up and you just hang your hips off. And then underneath the table, there's actually a, like a like pendulum, a, like a motion arm, like yeah. a, a lever. And at the lever, there's, um, at the top of the lever, there are, uh, like bearings, um, like a pivot and what happens is is that there's weights on that arm and then there's a strap that connects down at
0: the bottom bottom, around your ankles around your ankles Mm -hmm.
1: and then from that position it's you're kind of doing a reverse leg lift
0: yeah yeah so think of like (laughs) since you're over this tabletop your feet are dangling down your hip is your hip is in flexion yeah and then what you're doing is you're Kind of kicking back, extending your hip, and you're pulling that arm up from under you. you just go to YouTube and look up yeah. reverse hyper. But the point is that what I think is interesting about this piece of equipment, if you don't have one, uh, right?
2: Yeah, What is does get towards that? But, uh.
0: is like this is a movement and a this is a pattern and a uh, type of stimulus that is very rarely achieved in traditional training without a reverse hyper. Sure. Right? Like, well, is that a fair...
1: No, I mean, we we used to do them pretty extensively where we would just go jump on the front of the uh, the GHD, right? grab the handles, and then we'd hook up a band and just do like uh But you're training
0: what, with smart people who nuts, realize... what
1: prone is face down. Yeah, so su- then it would be like supine, supines up, prone's protein, down. Yep. So then you hook a band up and then you bring your legs back and we would do that with isometric contractions and hold the top. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, the movement was not necessarily foreign. The only issue is... Like it's kind of a unique, like, like I'm trying to think of a sport or somewhere like within nature or or within movement and training or sport combat or whatnot, where like that, where you could replicate that movement. And I really can't think of one. Mm -hmm. Um, The one thing though, (laughs) that uh, I would always really liked was I thought it was, uh, it was great for um, not only strengthening the erectors and the glutes and the other stuff, um, but. Like the way that I see people
2: do it, it looks like people are doing more harm than they're doing good. I do have some points of performance to help them mm-hmm. in their execution if we're ready for that.
0: The, yeah. And I guess going to what you're yeah. saying, John, like the closest thing, the most traditional piece of equipment that you've probably seen people traditionally doing is like back extensions on a GHD. Or it, like a
1: 45 like, at the gym. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, so that's probably what you've seen at the gym that's very similar to this, but in classic Louis Simmons fashion. I mean, his guys are so strong. They needed to yeah. overload this thing. So he created a piece of equipment that would facilitate well, their he, ability to heavily load it he, relative uh, to like a trunk weight.
1: Yeah, no, uh, I, I think the way the story goes and at least from what I remember Louis telling me, he had had like uh, he heard his back squatting or he did something or maybe it was after a back surgery or he had something back related and he was uh I saw like, I, I can't remember if it was a drawing or, or something to the effect, and like maybe it was like in a Verkashansky or like one of these guys' books about a uh, um, you know the idea of like being able to pendulum and some idea of being able to like unload the back. Mm-hmm. And he went into his garage. I think he put like a. Um, uh, like a, a two by six or something in the rack and then hooked up a band or hooked up something and actually started kind of doing leg lifts. And he was using it for like the unloading portion, trying to see if he could get some unloading on the backside mm-hmm. of it. And that was kind of the, uh, like the initial kind of deal, uh, mm-hmm. for, for the reverse hyper. Um, I mean, we used it uh, pretty much every squat workout that we did at George's. We did some reverse hypers either before or after. Um, I didn't necessarily understand, like, the idea that we needed to load it a lot heavier. I just kind of thought we were, like, doing yeah. the movement. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't until I went out to Westside and I saw, like, Louie has 10 of them lined up and he has one that's got, like, 600 pounds on it. And I kind of asked him, I'm like, what's up with all the different weights? And he's like, well, I mean, if you're a thousand pound squatter, you're going to use this one. If you're a 500 pound squatter, you're going to use this one. So I asked him, uh, is there a weight that kind of translates towards the squat? And he was like, 100%. And I can't remember what he th- what he said. It was like. Like a percentage yeah, it was relationship? Yeah, like 25 to 40%. <laughs> was like of, of your squat is what you should be able to hit. So we came back and just started kind of loading <laughs> weight on it. And, uh, you know, I got to the, and then I, I, like, as I started watching, I didn't like that arch. So by keeping my chest down, by keeping it like a neutral, uh, torso position and then not letting it swing and then working on really controlling it on the up mm-hmm. and then fighting for the eccentrics. I felt that tremendously in my, uh, in, you know, in my erectors and my glutes more so than the other way people have been doing it.
0: Where do you want to go?
2: Well, I like points of performance. I'd like to finish with yeah. sub for non okay. people that don't have this machine, but yep. can still benefit from the, the breakdown, the action. Hit it. Uh, basic points of performance talking setup where John said, get your hips hanging off there, find a good position, but then we need your toes forward. Mm, I imagine I was an introduction too. to a lot of this, this movement would be defaulting to however you set up in your squat, whatever they may be you, I imagine, would default to that, but we need you to think about keeping your toes pointing forward, so hips neutral position, Mm -hmm. and then don't let your heels connect. So imagine that each leg, they're working together, but they are independent. I feel if you're doing too much weight or you'll find a compensation where your heels click, and we see this with first-time dead buggers, Mm -hmm. that heel connect, that's the compensation of that groin taking over for weak hip, if you got weak back or hamstrings or glutes, whatever, You're then your legs will really start to default where they're working together.
0: And externally rotate
2: Yep. as well. So keep your toes forward and make sure both of your hips are working together, but not touching.
0: And for our newbies, Tex, I just want to remind them that your toes are connected to your ankles, which are connected to your shins, which are connected through your knees to your femur and thighs so when we say toes forward we don't mean to point your toes from your ankles we mean you need to internally rotate from your hips from your yes. hips to yeah. straighten your toes out uh-huh. well, text
1: and I and, and and I think that's an interesting point about keeping the feet like I now that you say it that's kind of a constant thought of like rotating at the femurs mm-hmm. widening the stance which yeah. effectively kind of allows you to kind of push out against the strap uh-huh. and then as you pull into it being able to kind of keep tension. Yeah. Um, I th- you know, and I, you guys are right. Like I've seen people do this where they put their heels together and they point their toes out mm-hmm. thinking that it's going to somehow, I don't know, like hit like a, a, a
2: different point. But,
0: but it's I just easier. Their body is yeah.
2: falling to that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. that's that is my like that's where I tend to go. That's when your default. The, yeah. So the other thing I think of on points before. Or keep going. You want to keep going?
2: Well, it yeah. now we get into movement. So if you got any more nope, set movement. Now, thought and in initiating as the athlete, and John talked about not overextending at the top. How I want you to think about initiating this movement is not with your back. Although this is sold and targeted as back strengthening and injury risk reduction and all that good stuff, how I want you to think about this is pulling with your hamstring. Mm-hmm. So, this goes into our Caldeet stuff where glute, hamstring, and then opposite QL, the firing order. How I want you to think about as an athlete we're not going to be thinking about our glute and QL so focus on your hamstring almost like I'm um, straight leg swinging if you go to old school track warm-ups uh, one of our C skips where it's straight leg and we got a rhythm to it where I'm pulling my straight leg back that's the action that I want you to think about I'll link up some videos into the show notes but at the same time as an athlete while that we are targeting our back and our whole posterior chain I only want you to think about a dorsiflexed foot position and action at your hamstring.
0: Mm-hmm. Pull. Mm-hmm. And as you're pulling, so you're starting with your bottom of your foot towards the ground. So that pulling motion with a straight leg, internally rotated femur, dorsiflexed ankle, and toes forward position starts to kick back. And what's going to happen, think about as your foot swings away from your body, you're extending that hip. Also think about pushing the bottom of the foot away from your hip. So you're pushing your leg. Feel like, like as you kick back, you're also trying to reach your feet backwards away from you rather than thinking about kicking your heels up. Right. Because invariably that kicking that heels up up once you kind of hit that past that 45 tends to get you in this overarched. Yeah. Right? You start to overarch, but, you start to bend the leg. If
1: it will, yeah, I mean, uh, it goes without saying you need to keep your legs straight, but yeah. I think the the key is really either like maintaining the torso position. So like mm-hmm. either you kind of lay flat grab the hard, um, far handles or the shorter handles and put on your arms. But I think the yeah, one that thing- dead that, bug body. Yeah, yeah like once you, once you hold that position, then it's all coming from the hip. Yep. Um, and that idea of like uh, really controlling the weight because when I see people do it. It fucking, I see the weight come slamming down. Mm -hmm. And what I don't like to do is I don't want too much overextension on the bottom. So control that weight, make sure you have enough on there to where, you know, like the way you feel the weight, it's not necessarily the dynamic motion that you feel.
0: Yeah. You're slowing that weight. It's overcoming you. But then when you get to the reversal, when you go to reverse that weight on the subsequent rep, like you shouldn't be relaxed, right? It's there should be tension in that strap. As you start to then, your momentum and strength starts to overcome the reversal. So, like, I think where you're getting at, John, is like ghosting it down. No, no, no. Letting yeah, the pendulum don't take ghost. you. Don't and ghost And then when it. the pendulum starts to return based off of just that pendulum swing, that's when you start again. You're concentric. No, 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 no.
2: To pull back to the C-skip using that movement to teach the other movement. When we are, we're not, like, mm-hmm. uh, is it's it the prob- rock? It's highly uh, probable. that New York kick? Those dancers, uh, rockette? the Rockettes. So we're not doing a relaxed rock mm-hmm. uh, rocket kick. Those kicks look anything but relaxed. Well, These girls are wearing like big stilettos. Mm, mm. True, but anyway, when we do kick up, it may look like Chelsea in the demo is relaxed. She's kicking up, but she's lengthening tension yeah. within her hamstring to then, then, then pulling back down, pull. back down. Yeah. So it's if the ski C skip is executed correctly, it can translate to this and vice versa. But both can be done wrong.
0: Now, what else did you have for points of performance? performance? That, that's really it. Yeah. Do we dare we talk about unilateral work? On uh, we um, so Louis has uh, a deal
1: which is a, called a roller where uh, you kind of put your feet in different than the strap, and he'll use the roller for single leg work. Okay. Um, so I guess if you have the 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 attachment which is got it's, it looks like two rollers and you kind of put you snake your yeah, foot through. Yeah. Uh, I think you can, you can use that. I wouldn't necessarily, I mean, we, we've done it super light on the single leg, but, um, I didn't necessarily like the movement because it was harder to control, uh, Mm -hmm. with the strap. So, um, the other thing too, which I really like it for is actually doing rows. So if you stand in front of it and you grab the strap, there's a pretty good kind of bent over kind of good rowing position that Mm -hmm. you can use it to hit your back and your lats. So, yeah, and there's some some good stuff. So I'd like to use, use those for rows. Sweet.
0: So application would be on your lower days. You can use it as some prep yeah. if you want, but definitely as a post. Trunk day, like a Wednesday would be yep. good. And then you're going to do it for heavier than, like, yeah. be courageous with the weight. And then, um, and then
1: just set time goals.
0: Yeah. 30 like, seconds at a time. Yeah. 30, 90 seconds off.
1: Yeah. And then do rounds. like thir- yeah, 30 seconds and then bump it to 45, 50, 60 and start kind of progressing it with like a little progressive overload. You can either add weight or add or, or you can add time. You can add sets. You can add volume. I wrote an article not too long ago about uh, progressive overload and you know, all these different key factors. So you can take the same deal with the reverse hyper. Um, I think what happens is people go too light. They don't add weight and then it gets too dynamic. And I think they fuck themselves up.
0: Cool. What equipment do you have in your gym that you're, you've bought a reverse hyper. This has got to be a, yeah, we're bro. We're like, going to need a pick. Cause like that's, a, that's a piece of equipment. You know, this guy's got a pretty dialed in garage gym. Don't yeah. you think? I mean, I,
1: um, uh, like where? Well, I mean, I, I know Rogue makes like kind of like a, a fold upable one. Like mm-hmm. I know Coop had one. Yeah, I saw so, that one. That so, was pretty cool. So they're they're a lot more attainable these days, opposed mm-hmm. from like when, when I got mine. Yeah, I it guess I'm also up, I'm picturing yeah, like, like the, showed up on a fucking forklift uh-huh. and a pallet and the whole deal. Now they figured out how they can probably ship it through the mail. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah. So, but, but even uh, that, like, you're I think a pretty it's a good
0: piece of equipment. Yeah, totally. You're, and it just tells you like this guy's a a pretty. Yeah. Pretty far along in his training journey that that's the like, you know, he must whole, have a whole, whole dumbbell set.
1: Or he was like, uh, what is it? Rogues three ships free. And he's like, ooh, if I had a reverse diaper, it'll
0: ship free. Yeah. Maybe got some jingle in his pocket. Goes see what's in stock. And all they got is this reverse. reverse hyper. Hyper. He's like, you so know
1: what? It. Whatever. I'll take Yeah, no, the, well, How much does that thing weigh? You can squat that. <laughs> so, I mean, the one we got, she's I bought in 2009, mm-hmm. 2008. And um, we've used it and it's been great. I mean, uh, uh, Tex uses it as his uh, workstation and his coffee
0: holder. Well, that was the standing desk. So, that was, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> doesn't OPT have something yeah. about like, he's not a big reverse hyper guy, right? He's yeah. like, all it's good for is resting, you know, eating lunch while, during class. All salty, James Fitzgerald, crotchety. Uh, from Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it when it was at Balboa, it did get a lot of. Yeah. Coaches leaning on it and eating. There are a lot of poses on that sucker. So but cool. All right. Good question. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, quick subs. Oh, subs. for those who
3: yeah.
2: don't have this in their gyms, do yet. it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Uh, do well, it. I want to start with the the banded yeah. that uh, that John suggests. And we do have a video on this. So when we do program, we mm-hmm. use this setup on a GHD. So the banded mm-hmm. reverse hyper. But you'll see in Chelsea is our demo girl on that one her trunk is still neutral and she's doing this uh, well executed pull Mm -hmm. with her backside and toes forward. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I also want to consider now muscle contractions. So where John said timing, this mimic the times in there, but we also need to uh, break down different contractions. So that big isometric hold where you get this 400 plus pounds fighting back down. So you can almost add sets to this if you don't have this have that isometric hold with the band, because it's not going to be the same force pulling you down, but it's still pulling you down. Then hit that into reps. So you mimic the fatigue to the best of your Well, remember
1: uh, isometric contractions build stability. Uh So if you want to be nice and stable and strong, it would help to put yourself in that position with an isometric contraction.
2: And I'm also a fan of the bloomers. We don't do this often in our training programs, but it's still good flexion extension exercise imagine a bloomer now
0: more start, commonly referred to as a jefferson curl
2: oh okay did not know that so i'm in the, you know. the ruiz camp but here the jefferson curl imagine i'm standing on a 10 inch box at the corner so toes off the corner and then i start tall pretty posture i got to weight in either both hands or one hand and then i start one vertebra at a time start to tuck my chin and then yeah, internally rotate my palms that's called the jefferson okay jefferson and then curl. Protracting my shoulders as my spine starts to go down nice and control and little bend in the knee. Well,
1: he used to do it like 500 pounds. Don't do that.
2: (laughs) Yeah, but we so I like the one the single weight variation. So I tucking my chin one vertebrae all the way down. So I feel a nice pull all the way through the bottom of my feet and then initiate nice, steady control using that posterior chain that would call upon in the reverse hyper to restack and stand tall and then externally rotate at the shoulder. Why I like the single weight is we don't need the max of amounts, the 100 oh, pound yeah, dumbbells, no. but it's still forcing and, and then turns this exercise into a multi movement. And you're forced to mimic as if you had a weight in both hands and just that concentration and turning on your CNS goes a long way. And I feel it with a reverse hyper, you can almost shut off a little bit and mm-hmm. just Fight for some good time.
0: Nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. There you have it, folks. You are squared away to reverse hyper and uh, you know how to use it. But do we already say? yeah, call
1: Happy us. New Year. Happy New Year. Happy
0: New Year. Call Happy us. New Let Me, us Happy
1: New You, Happy New We Us.
0: New We Us. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh 929 464 four, six, four. Zero. Nine, nine, ing, ing. zero. That's how you get a hold of us. Until the next time. Gotta make